native and Tennessee grad who you can find on Twitter X at David W. Cobb. It's David Cobb. David Cobb joining us now from CBS Sports Talk, some college football and college basketball. And there's a ton to get to in the middle of college football season. College basketball starts a week from today. I cannot wait. But, David, let's start with college football, and let's start with your alma mater, Tennessee, getting the big win over Kentucky, really used the ground game. What did you think of Tennessee's win over the weekend? Yeah, solid win going up to to Lexington. I'm old enough to remember three or four weeks ago when everybody thought Kentucky was going to finish second in the SEC East. And, uh, boy, their fans seem to be having a rough time with the fact that this season hasn't gone the way they'd hoped. But anytime you go on the win, on the road in the SEC and get a dub, uh, it's hard to be mad about that. I think the encouraging thing from the Tennessee side was the return of the run game. After they had struggled to run the football against Alabama, uh, the fact that they were able to do so successfully against Kentucky was encouraging. And it feels like Joe Milton is settling in. All right, mm-hmm. we've established he's not Hendon Hooker. Fine, okay? But he's settling in. He's not making some of the mistakes that he was making earlier this season. So is he going to go down in the school records for anything? Probably not. But he's doing what it takes uh, to keep this program operating at a pretty high level. And so when you think about the receivers they lost, uh, when you think about how good their backs are, uh, it's okay that he's not statistically as prolific as Hooker was last season. And Tennessee still has a chance to put together a really nice, a really nice year here uh, under Josh Heupel, and so I think, I think that was an encouraging step to go up there and get and get the win in Lexington, and now you kind of get a little bit of a, of a breather with UConn uh, coming to town. And David, in a month, I could be adding Ole Miss to this list if it's another nightmarish November to forget this year, like last year's was. But if it's a November to remember, won't be having that conversation about Ole Miss. But if Ole Miss were to go two and two in the month of November, I'd say the same thing to Ole Miss fans that might be grousing about whatever the coach makes or, or the, the, the quick start. I would say Kentucky, Ole Miss, Memphis, and Arkansas. You need to remember from whence you came and how, and it can, when, and know that it can be worse and not get so haughty. That, that's so true. And I feel, I feel like it's easy. Uh, it is easy to forget, uh, some of the lean times because you get coaches like Mark Stoops, coaches like Lane Kiffin, even Sam Pittman cycling up at Arkansas in year two there. Made it look easy. They did, and then so quickly uh, things can change in the the conversation turns. And at Ole Miss in particular, I mean, and at Arkansas, I think the reasons to complain are are pretty minimal. When you consider what Sam Pittman inherited, where he's taken this program, and how close they've been week in and week out this year, uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe that Sam Pittman deserves another year at Arkansas. Go get you a coordinator who's going to bring in a transfer quarterback, uh, and let's see where it goes because he's got the right culture. He's shown that he can do it. And then at Ole Miss, when you consider what Lane Kiffin uh, walked into following the the sanctions and, and the a drop-off under Matt Luke that was sort of unavoidable, I mean, the, the guy has done an, an A job. Like, maybe not an A-plus job, but he's done an A-caliber job to this point, and he's got the Rebels here in the mix, in the conversation. If Ole Miss was having the season that it's having right now, this time next year, 
we're talking about them as a playoff team, and that's that's pretty awesome when you, when you think about Ole Miss football. To a degree, hadn't Josh Heupel distinguished himself as having Tennessee on the right arc on the improvement train, pardon the pun, on the road to improvement more this year than even last year? Well, uh, it's just encouraging, I think, to see them, Tennessee, succeeding in different ways, right? Different styles. Mm-hmm. Right. When you get Josh Heupel in there, you get that UCF offense, that spread it out, uh, Brylesy sort of tree and scheme, similar to what uh, Jeff Levy did when he was the OC at Ole Miss and now at Oklahoma and all that. Uh, it, it feels like a, a one-trick pony. Some people think it's a gimmicky offense and that they just sort of uh, scheme their way to a, a fluky type of record or an inflated power ranking based on the yardage they produce. Well, this year, Tennessee's done it differently. They've run the football incredibly effectively. Uh, they've also relied on their defense to bail them out in certain situations and to win them games. And so I think that's encouraging uh, for Tennessee because Tennessee is the, is the type of program with the NIL resources, the history, the passion, that they should be able to recruit really high-level defensive players. And if you compare a really good defense, uh, with a with a, a peak Josh Heupel offense, I think there's a roadmap there, uh, a way for Tennessee fans to visualize a future, be that 24 or 25, where you are in the hunt uh, for the 12-team college football playoff. You are challenging Georgia for the SEC East. And so uh, I think the trajectory remains encouraging, despite the fact that at the end of the day, yeah, Tennessee's probably going to have more losses when it's all said and done this year than it did a year ago. Uh, on Saturday, were you impressed with what Georgia did without Brock Bowers, or did you expect them to, to dominate Florida? Oh, yeah, I was I was very impressed. I, I'd almost forgotten that Lad McConkey existed. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been banged up, and then all of a sudden he goes out there and has a monster game, and Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett are, are still a big part of that offense. Oscar Delp is making one-handed catches. The running game is going uh, with multiple backs being involved there. Uh, the Georgia defensive front also was far more disruptive than I feel like they've been against any other quality opponent so far this season. Florida's offensive line was lost in that first half. And I thought Billy Napier just sort of stepped on his own toes a little bit there because they marched down the field and scored on their first drive. And then after that, he tried to get cute. They were running reverses. They were running play action. They were sending three different players in motion on every play. And I think he's just sort of outsmarted himself a little bit there and, and, and kind of shot Florida in the foot. So, I mean, Georgia was, was phenomenal in that game. When it comes down to the playoff rankings tomorrow, though, uh, if, if they are going to look at resume, I don't think Georgia should, should. be number one. I don't either. Um, yeah, and I don't know that Michigan should be should be either. So, uh yeah, I, I, in my heart of hearts, do I believe Georgia or Michigan, one of the two, is the best in college football? Yes. But look at the schedule that they've played versus the schedule played by the other teams that are in the mix. Every other team has, has a better victory uh, than, than Georgia or Michigan in terms of Ohio State. Even, even Washington uh, has, has a better win than either of those two schools. Uh, so it's uh, I'll be curious. And that Florida State absolutely does with the win over, over LSU. So, yes. We will see. Uh, I think there are going to be some hot reactions when the uh, CFP committee releases its, its first rankings tomorrow night.
David, who breaks the news to Peter Burns, Booger McFarlane, Ryan Clark, and Marcus Spears, the LSU contingent in the media now? Who breaks the news to them? They have two losses this year. <laughs> I don't understand how we always get on this topic of like, well, if LSU wins out, like maybe there's a way for them to. And it's just like, no. No, we are not. There's in no way. Yet. They're not going yeah. to any playoff this year. Next year, you're in pretty good shape. Right. Exactly right. And I think sometimes we forget uh, that the 12-team era has not arrived. And that's the reality. When you struggle out of the gate, you really take off the table a lot of the aspirations that you have at a program like LSU. And week one is a playoff type of game when the 14 playoff is what you're going for. And LSU lost that game. And then they lost the on this. And so I think in the end, like, you can still feel encouraged about LSU's trajectory, and it would still be a big-time win if they if they beat Alabama on Saturday. But any talk of the college football playoff, in my opinion, is ridiculous because uh, there will be plenty of either undefeated or one-loss teams from power conferences ahead of those guys uh, when a Selection Sunday rolls around. So LSU, again, Really good, I think, in a, and I think they would they would be the perfect example if you want to make the case for twelve in, in the college football playoff, like we'll get next year. They they are the argument for it because they could very well be playing their best football come late November, early December, and be a ten seed with a wonderful opportunity and the mm-hmm. talent and the pieces to go out and make some noise in a twelve team bracket. But I'm sorry, right now with the the regular season meaning all that it does. Uh, you have, you have put yourself too far behind to be in the mix. Talking to David Cobb from CBS Sports, and I've got to say, I, I brought up the CW last week with you, David, after Virginia beat North Carolina. I'm telling you, the wildest things in college football happen on the CW. <laughs> referee cam's great and on the CW. Referee cam is great, but we also, after the game, got a fired-up Dave Doran after NC State <laughs> beat Clemson, who started yelling at Wait Steve Wait a second, Smith. that's breaking news. A fired-up Dave Doran. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> yelling at Steve Steve Smith and telling him to telling the person who was interviewing him to tell Steve Smith in studio, which he was not on the CW at any point, so he would not be in that studio. Right. That that uh, that that NC State is not just a basketball school. What do you make of NC State's win, and more importantly, the other team, Clemson, now losing another game? Yikes! Wow, the bottom falling out for Clemson. That was hilarious, though. The Doran thing, going <laughs> at a CW sideline reporter hilarious. about a. Uh, about Steve Smith, uh, I, I okay. So, if I were a, were a psychology major in college, I would be working on a think piece right now about the Deion Sanders effect in college football. I think this is another example of it. We've seen it with Ryan Day yelling at Lou Holtz. Uh, we've <laughs> seen it with uh, the Washington State coach. We've seen it with a handful of, of coaches this year who are just flying off the the rails, going off the handle. I think they're they're like subliminally noticing all the uh, praise and attention that Deion Sanders gets for being brash Great and for being point, like David. Out there. I mean, the point of the year. Oh man, yeah. And I think they are like subconsciously, maybe even like imitating that because there's like a little bit of fear, a little bit of admiration, a little bit of annoyance uh, about what Deion Sanders is doing. Everybody's watching it, especially all these coaches. And I think they're like internalizing that, and that's why we get Dave Dorn yelling at a, a CW reporter about Steve Smith's 
uh, pick. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just hilarious. Uh, but yeah, wow, what a loss for for Clemson. And man, you're just going to look up at the end of the year and NC State's going to be bowl eligible for like year number ten in a row under <laughs> yeah. under Dave Dorn. They are, and, and David, that is such a great point, and, and the deep psychosis of it. I took psychology fall of 1983 too at Memorial Hall Very on nice. Maple, and, 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 and did and did well in it. But boy, that, you 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 could write you could write a end of semester term paper on that, and and I think you're right that that they all want their 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 spot in the spotlight. And David, don't you just love in in any walk of 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 our lives somebody that comes up to you and go. Brett, I want you the next time you see that David Cobb, you tell him blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm going to pick up the phone and go, hey, David, ran into somebody the other day eating lunch, and they wanted me to tell you blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I'm sure that CW reporter is uh, frantically searching through his phone yeah, for Steve right. Smith's agent's number. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It was also one of those instances of, like, the um, the football coach punching back against the idea of, like, Oh, being at a basketball school. I mean, we see yeah. it with Mark Stoops. Like this tension exists, like between yeah. the football coaches and the basketball coaches. Yeah, they used and to hate each other. They, they get along better now than ever. Yeah, but it's interesting when we when we see it sort of boil over in the public eye like that. Yeah, David Cobb with us from CBS Sports. And David, a week from today, college basketball starts. Uh, for you uh, next week, truly, because I mean there there are games that like it. Next Monday, there's a great game at three o'clock in the afternoon. Oregon and Georgia. That's it. Oh, I can't wait. Brian is ready. (laughs) I love that, Brian. I love that. Well, I mean, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, are are you going to write constantly? All right. So we are we are doing like a winners and losers of the day story. But I think what I'm going to do because y'all know we're we're in Nashville for like the the next few months. So think about it, guys. There are twelve Division One schools in the state of tennessee including six that are like in the mid-state region yeah, yeah. so and you're I'm not far from western mission. kentucky exactly so i i'm going to make it my mission to get out to some of these venues and see some of these teams play like vanderbilt and presbyterian oh, like man. you know random game like that if there's not a top 10 matchup uh, elsewhere in college basketball that commands my attention like i'm going to go try to catch like some of those types of games to see the venue uh, talk to the coaches. Learn whatever. something. That's it, David. You got to be there. You'll learn something. Right. And I, I had such a great experience last year when we were in New Jersey, getting to hang out around Fairleigh Dickinson, built some wonderful relationships by writing about them before they made it big. Um, I enjoyed being down in Hattiesburg and doing a, a big story on Southern Miss and their turnaround. So there are wonderful, that's what, this is what I like about college basketball. There are great stories to be found at all levels of the sport, and we've got plenty of teams to choose from because there's 363 of them now. So it's uh, it, it makes it fun though because you can go and find uh, something that is not going to be reported on or found by anybody else if, if you're willing to look hard enough. So that's what I'm looking forward to about the start of college basketball is uh, going out here and and uh, seeing some interesting venues and interesting teams. And uh, just just getting starting to get a read on uh, where things are at uh, because we got a, a long way to go on this journey, uh, but it's always fun to get it started. Okay, just in the state of Tennessee, give me your preseason rank of the top four teams in the state of Tennessee. Well, I think you have to put Tennessee one. I'm not saying Memphis is incapable of being the best team in the state this year. We just got to see it with Memphis because of all the new pieces that they have. 
they are talented and experienced and deep. So they, they've got the ingredients. And I know the exhibition yesterday was an encouraging start. However, we did also see Tennessee go and win at the Breslin Center against Michigan State, a team that a lot of people think will give Purdue a run for its money in the, in the Big Ten. So I'm going to start with Tennessee at one. I'll put Memphis at two. doesn't have to be that way in March, but that's where I'm going to start with it. And then I'll give a little bit of a, of a uh, nod to Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, even though they lost some guys to the portal. I think he's a great on-court coach. I think his X's and O stuff is, is pretty solid. And I think if he had the, a, a Memphis-caliber roster, like they would be really, really good. So, so I'll put Vandy three. And then at four, I would either go uh, Belmont or, or Chattanooga. Um, Belmont is pretty steady now. Uh, e- even after Rick Bird's departure, Casey Alexander has done a really good job there. You can kind of trust what you're going to get uh, from Belmont on an annual basis. So that, that'll be my top four. I would love to see it someday. It'll never happen. But my dream is for there to be a, a state of Tennessee basketball tournament where the, uh, oh, the 12 D1s get together, play it out, uh, do a title game in Nashville or something. I think that would be wonderful. It really would be fun. One of those two teams, you're, 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 you're teams you had it for either belmont or chattanooga one of them wins a game next march in the tournament i think uh, yeah uh, potentially belmont i mean if i had to pick they're in a tougher league now um than they have been historically like when they were in the the ovc but yes that that program it's in their dna and they've got a lot back they're a really good shooting team i mean it hasn't changed a whole lot from when rick bird was taking them to the NCAA tournament seemingly like every other year. They're still winning 20-plus games every year. If the Missouri Valley could be a multi-bid league, uh, that could really lift Belmont. And we could start to think of Belmont like we think of Loyola Chicago uh, or like we think of uh, some of these other quality mid-major teams like VCU um, who are just kind of there, who are better than just, quote, mid-major. They're not quite one of the big boys, but they're close. I think Belmont's that type of program, and and they could be there at the end this year. You know, in that in that spot where we've seen them uh, over the years with a chance to win a game in in the Big Dance. Well, David, I got to ask you about the the story of the day today in college basketball. Cooper Flag picks Duke over UConn. He's going to be a Blue Devil. What do you make uh, of his commitment to Duke and the job John Shire has done? Very young career for him at Duke, but but being able to bring some guys back for this season mm-hmm. then going out and getting a guy like Cooper Flagg. Yeah, so I'll let you guys in on a secret. We got our, our top 25 and 1 coaches ranking dropping later this week. Guys, um, John Shire is not on it. And the Duke, the Duke fans are going to be irate. Yes, they are. When when that comes out 48 hours after Cooper Flagg commits, who's being heralded as, uh, gosh, yeah, I mean, a lot of difference best. between commits and advancing in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And we've seen one year of John Shire as a head coach on court. His team did not advance past the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. I think all things considered, he did a good job year one. He won the ACC tournament, right? That's a, that's a nice accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any coach on that list that, that we're, we're producing who is in only their second year as a head coach. So there were some other coaches who, who had good debuts last year, but yeah, uh, the recruiting under John Shire has been phenomenal. Uh, now let's go see them put it all together. And, yeah. and they do have a roster that is good enough to do it. We could be talking about John Shire as a top 10 coach this time next year. We just got to see them put it together. And uh, if, if they can, this will be a, uh, the Duke of old um, and, and maybe even something better than what Coach Gay had going the last five or six years on the job. 
David, what day does that come out at CBSSports.com? Uh, it's on the it's on the docket for Wednesday as of now. Oh, I'm ready. I want to see where Eric yeah. Mossman falls out. Uh huh. It's interesting ranking the SEC coaches and, and trying to figure out how to spot them. There there are some really good coaches in the league now, especially you add Chris Beard in, mm-hmm. and you look at Buzz Williams coming off the consecutive 25-plus yeah. win season. Dennis Gates uh, taking Mizzou to a tournament. Mm-hmm. Chris Jans taking State last year. Yes, absolutely. And I considered all those guys. And on my ballot, there were about 40 who I felt like, man, I wish this guy was on here. I wish I could include this, this guy on my ballot. Yeah. You can only include 26 at the end of it. It's one of those deals where uh, – so some coaches who actually care about that stuff get their feelings hurt, and it's, you know, whatever. So uh, my name will be on it. Somebody it tell David Cobb that I should have been <laughs> higher on it. <laughs> That's right. And uh, but it was a collaborative effort. There were five of us who, who vote on it. Much like I love Todd Golden at Florida. Yeah, but yeah. We'll see. He's year two and got got to put together now. I mean, SEC's deep league now. There's going to be a lot of a lot of teams um, with a feeling feeling like they have a shot to make the dance this year. Uh, not a whole lot of down teams in the SEC. I think South Carolina and Georgia are going to bring up the rear, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, the, if those other 12 uh, are are really duking it out with each other. LSU may need another a, year. They might, but I am a believer in Matt McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they're not there yet, but but we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's it's getting here fast. I wish there were more great games in Week One. Uh, I love all these exhibitions. Brett, you and I texted a little bit about it earlier. It's awesome seeing uh, Kansas and Illinois. It's it's really mm-hmm. fun to see Tennessee and Michigan State. Why don't we play them as regular season games? Play. Uh, play. Generate a little more buzz for college basketball early in the season. Speak mm-hmm. for yourself, David. If Boston College and Fairfield don't scream opening week of college basketball, I don't know what does. <laughs> I mean, right, ready, know, David. <laughs> that's a great game. You, you got to be a junkie to enjoy uh, enjoy some of the so. first week stuff. I, I am. So. I'll be watching it. Oh, I, I know you will. I, I got to have it, David. I got to have it. That's right. Yep. Well, D- David, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again next Monday. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you, David. David. Great hit. David Cobb from CBS Sports. So glad to have him with us every Monday. And it's the time of the year that we have to talk about both because it's crossover time of year. When it's crossover time of the year, that means it's getting close to holiday time of year. And holiday time of year for both of them, you need to start and finish at the commissary. Either location, the Collierville Commissary at Houston, Levy, and Poplar, or the original in Germantown. That's where you can get the holiday bird for the Thanksgiving holidays and then again for the Christmas holidays, the holidays in December, whole turkeys and hams. All the sides, gravy, dressing, sweet potato casserole, they've got it all. Cranberry sauce, uh, mashed potatoes, rolls, butter, plates, utensils. They do everything but clean up for you. And at a very reasonable, very affordable price, look, we, we know we know what inflation is doing out there. I don't know that you can go to the market and do all this and all that work and all the that goes with it for any any better price than what the commissary is doing it for. They've been doing it for so long now, and they're ready to make your holiday perfect. Call 901-754-5540. They'll give you instructions on, on heating and specific dates, but you'll get that, that smoked turkey, the homemade cornbread dressing, the gravy, the sauce, potatoes, and also they got the hams. And if you do it the first round of holidays, you, you're, you're hooked. I guarantee you, you do it the second round. 901 901- Seven five four five five four zero, or online at commissarybbq.com. Tonight, you can enjoy ball there tonight, the World Series, 
all week long and, and into Tiger basketball starting the season. What a great place to watch and enjoy the games. And for around the holidays, you're going to want to deviate a little bit from the traditional holiday fair and get the commissary barbecue for people coming in a day or two earlier. Some of them that stay a day or two too late, you're going to still have to feed them even if they overstay the welcome with all the great barbecue done the Memphis slow-cooked way. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll get to our Sissy's Log Cabin. Look back at the weekend in the SEC. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Five, four, three, two, one. Time for a look back at the weekend in the SEC. Brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin, the official jeweler of the Memphis Grizzlies with 9,000 square foot in Laurelwood. Let's go inside the SEC with Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan. Chad Kelly in the gun formation. Third and inches for Ole Miss. Carlton will kick it. It is on the way, and it is up. But Baloo looking at it, going to pitch it to Herschel Walker, try to get him outside. He's going to get five. The snap is high. Kelly grabs it, wants to throw, fires it up in the air. Treadwell can't get it. It is good! Oh, my! Get a deflection, is caught! Deflection is caught! And down the sidelines is Adeboyjo. He's to the end zone. He's in there. Touchdown, Ole Miss. He's got 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. He needs a block. There goes Herschel. There goes Herschel. And you can wrap this one in maroon and white, my friends. Arkansas is headed to Atlanta. The national champion is clad in big orange. Uh, the day got started early in College Station. It was the 11 o'clock game, and it was a Texas A&M 30-17 win over South Carolina. Max Johnson went for 249, a touchdown, and I Smith uh, had 118 yards receiving and a touchdown. South Carolina could only muster 33 yards rushing. Their offensive line is really depleted. Spencer Rattler was not very good because of that. A&M gets the win, but that A&M defense, I think, I think their front is as good as any in college football. Their linebackers are, are, are really good and their secondaries really good. This week, A&M will be in Oxford against Ole Miss, another 11 o'clock game. And South Carolina will be at home against Jacksonville State in Rich Rod, very rare rare Saturday afternoon game yeah. for Rich Rod. And I would not suggest to Shane Beamer losing to Rich Rod at home. Honeymoon's probably already over. Yeah. The heat would really begin if he lost to Jacksonville State. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. It, it would get pretty hot uh, in South Carolina. But you mentioned that defense for Texas A&M, and, and they – I've really enjoyed watching them all season, but they were really good against South Walter Carolina. Walter Nolan's back. He's back. I mean, this this group's getting healthy. And held South Carolina only 209 yards. You mentioned the 33 yards on the ground. Four sacks, ten tackles for a loss. Edgren uh, Cooper led the defense with seven tackles and a tackle for a loss. But how about sophomore Bryce Anderson? Seven tackles, two sacks, and two and a half tackles for loss. He was all over the place in that game on Saturday. I thought uh, six NFLers on the Texas A&M defense. Easily. Easily. I mean, this defense flies around, and they are really, really fun to watch, especially when they're when they're healthy. And I thought the biggest thing for Texas A&M, only two penalties in that game against South Carolina. 
Only two penalties. Good take. Second game of the day, the cocktail party. We heard Larry Munson on the intro. He more or less made it famous. I could watch the bubble and the Lindsey Scott play <laughs> uh, just every, every single day. You know, that was the only touchdown pass to Lindsey Scott that year from Buck Blue. Really? And it was the most famous touchdown wow. Pass reception in Georgia football history. Number one, Georgia, 43 to 20 in the cocktail party over Florida. Georgia fell behind quickly, but, uh, it was all, all dog after that. Georgia getting Lad McConkey back was mm-hmm. big. Six catches, 135 yards for him and a touchdown. Carson Beck just really steady. Two touchdowns passing. Very smart, steady play for him. The last three for Georgia over the once mighty Gators. 119 to 47. Uh, after Georgia, though, how good's the East? Who? Um, certainly not great. It's it's pretty top heavy, Brett. It like with about one. Yeah, maybe yeah. two. We'll see maybe, with Mizzou. Maybe with Mizzou. We'll, we'll see this week with Mizzou, and that's who uh, Georgia will play this week. Uh, their next two between the hedges against Mizzou and then Ole Miss. Graham Mertz was okay, but mm-hmm. not near enough. Florida will be at home at 11 o'clock next Saturday against struggling Arkansas. Auburn 27 to 13 over Mississippi State at Jordan Hare. First SEC win for Coach Hugh Freeze at Auburn. It moved him to four and two all time over Mississippi State. Peyton Thorne, 230 yards passing, three TDs. Jarquez Hunter back to back weeks against yeah. his home state schools, 93 against Ole Miss, 144 against State, eight Mississippi State penalties. Mike Wright, very limited, 101 yards passing, 63 yards rushing. This week, Auburn at Vandy and Mississippi State at home against Kentucky. Yeah, and, and you mentioned, I mean, what uh, what Jacquez Hunter brought, 144 yards on, on 17 carries is really what this Auburn offense needed, and we saw them very limited offensively, but getting him back in there uh, and getting that run game going um, was, was definitely huge. I thought it was interesting, neither team recorded a sack in this game, I, and then combined for nine tackles for a loss, and uh, a lot of penalties um, during this game. I think eight for Mississippi State, seven for Auburn, so a handful of penalties for both sides, but Auburn able able to uh to win that game and and win it win it pretty pretty handily it was never really um up in the air who was going to win that game Auburn fans can rest assured that they see uh, a bright future, can't they? They, oh, they see absolutely. a Hugh Freeze plan, can't they? Yeah. I, I think so. I think if they don't, I think they should because we've said it multiple times. I think um, you can feel pretty good that this is going to be the worst Auburn team um, that you're going to see under Hugh Freeze. Tennessee, we talked about it with David Cobb. They win 33-27 over Kentucky in a rough and tumble game. Mm-hmm. It was big boy, line of scrimmage football, tough, tough win. 253 yards rushing for Tennessee, and they hold Ray Davis for Kentucky to 42 yards rushing. It was the best Devin Leary so far this year. He had 372 passing, two touchdowns, but not enough. Two passing for Joe Milton in a physical game. I thought this was Joe Milton's best game as a volunteer. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think you're right. A really good game for him, but getting the run game going was, was huge for Tennessee in that one. And what Jalen Wright did, 120 yards and a touchdown on 11 carries. He's now up to 713 yards um, and two touchdowns this year. But yeah, Joe Milton was good. I think that's what you want to see from him. 18 for 21 um, is definitely a, a good, complete 
completion rate that you want to see from him at quarterback. But Devin Leary, I thought was really, really good. Like you said, it just wasn't enough. I mean, that's kind of the performance I've been waiting to see from Devin Leary this game, although it came in a loss. Um, but I also got to shout out UT's kicker because he was awesome. Charles Campbell, four for four on field goals with a 49 yarder and three for three on extra points. He was, he was tremendous in that game. Tennessee's game plan was obvious. Sell out, stop Davis, and yeah. if Leary beats beats us passing, then then we lose. Exactly. And he he was good, but not good enough. Tennessee five for five in the first half uh, scoring possessions. They got they went five for five, getting some points out of that. And you mentioned the kicking. Tennessee didn't punt until the third quarter this week. UT at home against UConn. That would be a great men's basketball sure game. Would. A great women's basketball uh-huh. game. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a great football game, and that's yeah. what they're playing at Neyland next Saturday at Shields Watkins Field. That's right. Not so much a uh, a great football matchup, but you're right. In pretty much any other sport, that would be a great matchup. Kentucky in Starkville against Mississippi State. Ole Miss, the last game of the day, they win 33-7 to over Vanderbilt. Ole Miss jumped on Vandy early. Ole Miss scored on its first five first-half possessions. Jackson Dart threw one, rushed for another, two Trey Washington interceptions, Quinn John... Quinshawn Judkins running really well, 124, two touchdowns. Dayton Wade, eight catches, 120 yards, and a circus reception, also a touchdown. Uh, circus catch way up in there to make another mm-hmm. great catch like he did at Tulane. Then caught one on his backside for yeah. the touchdown. Sixty Only 60 yards passing for Vandy, and they quickly pulled Ken Seals and put in the left-handed version of K.J. Jefferson that was a load to bring down. Yeah. But Ole Miss got to him five times. Five Ole Miss sacks, only eight passes completed for Vanderbilt. Yeah, it was a rough day in the office for, for Vanderbilt uh, against this Ole Miss defense. And you talk about Walter Taylor, the backup for Vandy that they ended up turning to. A, a massive human being he is. I mean, he is a, a big, big guy and, and very hard to bring down. But Brett, for Ole Miss and Jackson Dart, we've talked about this both on air and off air. I've been really, really impressed with the job he's done. I think if you go back to what he did last year, I don't think he was super comfortable in the offense yet. It didn't seem like the coaching mm-hmm. staff was super comfortable with him in the offense. But this year, he looks extremely comfortable. I think he's throwing the ball a lot better. He's pushing the ball downfield. And uh, and I, I've been really, really impressed with what he did uh, against Vanderbilt and what he's done this season. You talked about Dayton Wade in the game. He had Quinshawn Judkins. Another big game for him, I thought, was huge. And uh, the thing that kind of stood out to me, you talk about only a handful of passing attempts for Vanderbilt for a team that we've talked all season in this segment. They cannot run the ball. They ran the ball 44 times against Ole Miss and uh, didn't work out for them. And and I've never seen a slower Vanderbilt team. This is really... Really, uh, uh, personnel wise, yeah. a, a limited Vanderbilt team. Vanderbilt at home against Auburn and Ole Miss at home at 11 o'clock Saturday morning against Texas A&M. For it to be the November to remember, the dream November, mm-hmm. what in the Ole Miss war, what people have absolutely pined for, hoped for, it's right there in front of them. Yeah. And I think, and I, I hate to put it on one person, I'm not because it's the ultimately ultimate team game but we know how important quarterback is yeah and if 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 at the end of this month never mind what he's done so far but just for this month if jackson dart could go four games left if he could go nine ten touchdown passes mm-hmm. three four touchdowns rushing yeah 
and zero interceptions. Oh, that'd be massive. Then it's dream November. Oh, absolutely. If it's a little less than that and say a three and one November, mm-hmm. and that's very, very doable. Sure. That's a great year. Oh, that's absolutely. a great year. Absolutely. If 100%. it's, if it's two and two and finish, uh, nine and three, mm-hmm. I, I don't know many that had that preseason. I had seven and five. Yeah. Preseason. You did. You I, did. I think, I think you had six and six preseason. I, I, for, I for Ole Miss. probably did. I mean, you're probably right. I'd have to go look in my bag, but no, I wasn't super high on them. You weren't super high on them. And, and, they and been an really hour impressive. and 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, whatever time it was for the, the Memphis greed about. Yeah. You need to remember whence you came. Uh-huh. It, it, it will apply for Ole Miss as well. Sure, absolutely. Now, I, I think they're going to handle ULM. Yeah, I think so. But the other three all could be lost. Very tough games. And Biggest rival, yeah. Texas A&M, and number one Georgia. It, it could be a one in three November. And, and that would be better than last November. A lot better than last November, Brett. But you're right. I mean, this team is is playing really good football. Um, I also want to give uh, Jared Ivy defensively um, for Ole Miss what he did in that game: five tackles, two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. I mean, yeah, that was an impressive game for him. It, it was, and and you know, to to people that want to say, well, it was just Vanderbilt, and I'm not too big on comparing scores, right? But that 27 point margin of defeat, that's the largest margin anybody's defeated Vandy by all year, well, including Georgia. Well, Brett, I, I said it on Friday when we were making our picks during a Friday football forecast. I had to pick Vanderbilt in that game because looking back the past two seasons, they had not, uh, they had covered every single game except for one mm-hmm. when they were a 20 right or more point dog. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's t- Pete. Teams beat up on Vanderbilt, but it's it's very uh, it's not not very often that they beat them by twenty plus points. The line was twenty four and a half. Friday, I picked Ole Miss to win by 24. They won by twenty six. Close enough. That's Close a look enough. back at the SEC weekend. Brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin, the official jeweler of the Memphis Grizzlies and of the Memphis Tigers. Proud supporter of Tiger Athletics. And every Monday, they bring you this look back at the SEC, the Mid-South's largest selection of one-of-a-kind jewelry, engagement rings, wedding bands for that perfect occasion in your life. And the time of year for that, it's coming up since 1970 with six locations across Arkansas and Tennessee. Official jeweler for the Memphis Grizzlies and FedEx Forum with floor seat lounge. Unsurpassed value, exceptional service, expansive selection, and an extraordinary experience because life's too short for ordinary jewelry. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Our Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Well, Brett, I have a couple of big numbers today that I'm really, really excited about. Got to pick which one I want to go with first. I think I'm going to go with this one because I think this one's more interesting. My big number is three. The other day, Corey Seager hit his third home run 
inside of Globe Life, or excuse me, his third career World Series home run at Globe Life Field. While that was his third career World Series home run at Globe Life Field, it was the Texas Rangers' first ever World Series game at Globe Life Field. But got the COVID years. It was Corey Seager's seventh game at Globe <laughs> yeah. Life Field because, COVID, like you man. said, it made us crazy. I mean, what a story! I mean, what a, this, this is what I saw when after he hit it. I saw this on on Twitter. This is the tweet. Weird but true. This is the Texas Rangers' first ever World Series game at Globe Life Field. This is Corey Seager's seventh World Series game at Globe Life Field and his third career World Series home run at Globe Life Field. If you did not watch baseball and you read just that paragraph, you'd be so confused. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. no way you would understand how in the world that happened. All explained by the vid. Though. By the vid. That's Ooh, great. And, and, and Friday night, that home run for the Rangers to win it, that was th- uh, 12 years to the day of the David Freeze home run to wow. beat them in, in game six. Was it really? Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, Friday was wow. David Freeze day in, 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 in St. Louis. My big number is eight. That's the number of undefeateds remaining in FBS college football. Michigan from the Big Ten, Ohio State from the Big Ten, Georgia from the SEC, FSU from the ACC, Air Force from the Mountain West, Washington from the Pac-12, Liberty from CUSA, and James Madison from the Sun Belt. But here's another big number, 11. That's the one-loss teams. I'm not wow. going to go through all those, but 19 uh, one- or zero-loss teams left in college football. I think we're down to about 12 to 13 teams that legitimately can stake a claim of maybe winning it. And that, that's about it to make the foot. And if you can yeah. make the college football playoff, I think you can make a claim to sure. win it. And that's, that's about it. I, I don't, James Madison and Liberty aren't making the college football playoff, nor, nor is Air Force. No. I don't think so at all. And James Madison can't even make it if they wanted to because of that transition right. year. But um, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think ten or eleven teams, maybe. Um, but outside of that, I, I can't. There's not many teams that I think could really make that push. Were you surprised that Kansas pulled the straight up upset? Remember that was my <laughs> that was my college football it shock. Was. I got two points on it. Yeah, congratulations. Thank um, you. No, I had to bring it up to get my credit. Oh, credit, yeah, though. for sure. You have to. Um, I was surprised. That was a fun game. Um, With a backup quarterback. I mean, yeah, we're big-time yeah, quarterbacks Jason out. Beenan. Yeah, so, no, that was a huge win. Had the hour-long rain delay um, in that game. I liked watching that. My guy, Brock Heward, who I always – I have to put him on my Seattle uh, yep. Seahawks top four. He was the color commentator for that and game. And you described it perfectly. It, it perfectly. It was an hour-long yeah. rain delay. It was. They literally threw it back to the Fox, uh-huh. to the big news crew to feel and people were walking around behind yeah. them there was no lightning anywhere no. people were bundled up like they were ice fishing yes. I've, I've never seen lightning when, when you need gloves and a, and a, and a hat on <laughs> no no and, and that's what we're starting to see if there's and i think they even said that uh jason benetti who was doing play by play i think he even said like there is no lightning we haven't seen any lightning but because of the rules if lightning is x amount of of you know, yards or however, you know, miles away, we have to stop the game. What What is the exact mileage? Do you know? I don't know. I, I could probably look it up. Can we lop a mile off? If really? it's eight, can we call it seven? I mean, I, I would like that because I think we're seeing a lot where uh, 
there's no lightning anywhere near, and they're having to to not you know, even stop games. And, and people bundled up like they were at Lambeau. Yeah, okay. and I just I'm, I know enough about the weather. I don't see lightning with that. No, 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 no. I think not. it was 37. Really? Good lord! Yeah, I can't I can't see just kind of skimming through things. I can't see. Uh, All right, Brian. Saturday, I had a great college football uh-huh. day. Got that straight up win. I go five and three in college football to take me to 32 and 29 for the year. You had a tough college football Saturday. You went two and six, takes you to twenty seven thirty four for the mm. year in college football. You came back with a really good NFL day. Big NFL Four day. and one straight up uh, uh, shock pick with the Titans getting you two That's points. Right. Thank you, Will Levis. I went zero and five. Ooh, ooh. So we're I mean we're just you know yin and yang. I mean complete opposites. This NFL, man, it's got me totally flummoxed. Uh, wow. I mean. <laughs> Hey, but you had a good college football day, right? But NFL. Well, I mean, you know, try to oh, take five, it the right, right side. Well, that's not good. But uh, who were your locks and shocks again? Uh, pro lock was Houston, and Ooh. shock was New England. Ooh. Close on both. Very close. Covering. To covering. Yeah. yeah, no, no, extremely close to covering for both but of those. You know what close gets you? Nothing. Zip. Nothing. Only horseshoes does close get you anything. But oh, and five. Not our picks. Well, hey, we'll bounce back this week, Brett. Good uh, NFL picking for you, Brett. Good college picking for you, Brett. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and wrap up this hour, get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk college football with Jonah Dillon. Jonah Dillon. 